Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. One year ago, we made our predictions into what was going to happen in Vancouver real estate during 2022. Obviously, predictions are hard to make at the best of times. I mean, we just got off watching the World Cup, and who would have thought it would end up France-Argentina 3-3 with penalties? What an amazing game. We're still buzzing from it. But hey, let's focus back on this. So yes, we made our predictions as we always do. Um, Again, hard to predict at least three months out, let alone 12, but we do like to try. Some of it is fun. Some of it's comical. Hey, some things we got right, and we're really excited to share this episode with you. Again, some things we got comically wrong, and we will definitely call ourselves out on those too. Uh, But hey, let's get into it. Let's look back into what we thought would happen and where things actually ended up. Hey guys, this is Ryan Dash here along with my co-host Dan Wordle with EXP Realty. And we create videos like this every single week to help you guys with all of the education you need about the Vancouver real estate market. Now, if you'd like to know more about your own personal circumstance or anything with respect to the Vancouver real estate market, please book our Calendly link below, uh, call one of the numbers, Of course, please hit that bell, subscribe, and hit the like button so you don't miss any more of these awesome videos keep you up to date. Yeah, including next week's because we are going to be making our 2023 predictions. So that's going to be a great episode to watch as well. More so, as mentioned off the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as mentioned off the top, we made our predictions a year ago, and today we're going to go over those results. Um, yes, it is hard to predict more than tw- three months out in Vancouver real estate, especially in a year like 2022. But hey, we do our best and we like to explore where we got things right and where we got things wrong and why. So right off the top, we had predicted, and do remember, this is from a year ago, things were quite different in the coronavirus world. Uh, We had predicted that there would be no more lockdowns because, of course, as we know, it was the lockdown and the stimulus that followed that greatly and radically changed the landscape of Vancouver real estate for both uh, 2020 and all the way to early 2022. So yes, hey, we were right. There were no more lockdowns in GVRD. So hey, let's check one point there. That also meant that should no more lockdowns happen, that there would be far less quantitative easing, far less money pumped pumped into the system. And uh, the the number that we quantified this was, uh, we were going to see less than 25% new money printed into the system in 2022. And that was also correct. So we are two for two out of the gate, feeling good. What's next? It kind of changes from here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Immigration. Uh, So they had a target of 411,000, and we said they would go well beyond that, and boy, did they ever. Uh, You know, far north of 480,000 permanent residents and at least 200,000 international students were nearing 700,000 people uh, when it comes to total immigration. So... Boy, did they go beyond? <laughs> yeah, I think we saw early signs there, of course, while they hit their numbers in, in 2021 here. So 2022, again, we have seen the importance the government has put on their immigration targets. So mm-hmm. uh, while nothing's a guarantee, yeah, we certainly were absolutely right on that one. 
So the next up, we talked about the job market. And again, we were coming out of 2021 with a pretty robust market near the tail end. And I had made the prediction that we would see fantastic employment numbers and higher wages. Uh, while that's right, I, I'm afraid I didn't make any clear clearly defined numbers there. So I'm only going to, you know, take a half point, but we <laughs> certainly called the things we're going to go better with employment and higher wages. Again, uh, inflation aside, those were correct. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> we did see, we did say that wages were going to grow. We also said we'd see an increase in signing bonuses. Now, whether or not we actually saw more signing bonuses. I mean, they were definitely f flying around at this time last year. But with that being said, it's very difficult to quantify exactly what that is. So looking at the wage growth, um, you know, we were expecting somewhere between 3 to 4%. We were wrong. It was 5.25%, but then you adjust for inflation, it's negative 2%. <laughs> so we weren't uh, very, very difficult to, I think, make that prediction. Um, let's get on to inflation. Inflation was an interesting one. Uh, I was, uh, predicting that we would see, uh, the mid sixes before it would cool off. Uh, wasn't completely wrong, but it continued to run. So while I think it was higher than a lot of predictions, it wasn't high enough. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you were even more generous than I was. I predicted a, a height of 5.8 on inflation, uh, but the real black eye was my next prediction. I thought by this time of the year, being the end of 2022, that we would be back within the 2 to 3% target, and I was way off on that one. Probably going to yeah. be another year uh -oh. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, let's talk interest rates, because that was... Uh not something anyone saw coming um, at this time last year, um, at least to, to the effect and the rapid pace that we saw, right? I predicted that we would see somewhere between two and five rate hikes. Still wrong, <laughs> uh, as we saw a tremendous amount, and we also saw an acceleration through that that I guess we, we couldn't have predicted. Yeah, I, I had only guessed two rate hikes at a quarter point each. So I really missed the mark there too. Uh, again, I, I was taking advice from the person who controls this, who said that there were zero hikes in, until next year. <laughs> so I, th I think too, though, no, but Ryan, I mean, guessing two to five hikes uh, for 2022 in January was way outside of most predictions. So I, I'm definitely going to give you some credit there to think that there was the potential for five hikes in this year. Again, look back to anybody, anybody's predictions in January and, and nobody was, was predicting it, that it would do what it did. So yeah. uh, again, I think everybody missed the boat. The, the people who control it were wrong. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's a hard one to, to obviously guess in this type of scenario, but Hey, you know, not trying to sugarcoat things here either way. Uh, we both missed those, but you, uh, you were pretty, pretty aggressive with your potential to five. So good on you for that. Well, when you see the kind of flow of credit that was coming in and, and, you know, I think by that point, the U S had pumped something like, I think it was like another $6 trillion or something ridiculous into their market. And, you know, the money M2 money supply grew by 30%. You know, I, there's going to be a, a reaction to that. There has to, it has to come down, right? So anyhow, uh, let's move on. Uh, we were talking mortgage rates, mortgage rates next. Um, we had a 2% variable and a 3% fixed, and we were more than double wrong. <laughs> 
Yeah, wouldn't those, wouldn't those numbers be nice today? But no, again, you can't have those type of interest rate hikes and not have the mortgage rates follow. Them. So, you know, we certainly missed that one, uh, as did as did uh, your boy Tiff. But <laughs> I, this is this is where we are today. And, of course, we'll get into our predictions of, of where they're going to end up next year on next week's cast. But uh, moving on. <laughs> we also thought, too, because the market was so hot that they were going to start implementing some policies that were going to start hurting investors. And these were going to be, whether it was, I don't know, tighter lending regulations, whether it was going to be higher deposits, whatever it is, we thought that you were going to go after investors first. And ultimately, I mean, they backhandedly did it by such high yeah. interest rates, but that affects obviously a lot more than just investors. So I, I, I say that one was a miss because there was no specific new mandate or policy that directly went after investors. It's interesting though. I mean, um, there was a lot of cries for, um, you know, reducing the qualifying rate and OSFI still said no. Right. So, uh, they're maintaining their course, um, which makes it even more difficult. But anyhow, let's talk yep. about suburban remorse, Dan. <laughs> we definitely thought that because there was such a huge influx of people that moved to places like the Fraser Valley for greener pastures, ha ha, because of course, obviously price points were much lower and we saw them go up 40% ish. And then we thought there'd be a, a big remorse because everyone would get called back into the offices, have to sell, move back downtown. Now, different kind of remorse. You know, they've seen their, their prices come off about 30%. And I, yes, some people have been called back into work. It wasn't a whole mass migration back. Uh, so maybe 50-50 on that one. Mm. Still, I, I, I think the, uh, the, the total result of this is yet to be known. But again, I, I think that migration back has started. Obviously, not everyone is back to work. There's still a lot of hybrid work positions where people are half at home, half at work and whatnot. So again, there, there's no sort of finite answer here, but I don't think the remorse is as big as I had predicted. I mean, even Elon fired half of Twitter so for staying home, right? So, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, okay, so we actually tried to predict the stock market too. This is probably where we should have Stop. <laughs> Not our field of expertise. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, yeah, nah, I'm just going to stay out of this. We, we saw a 10 to 12, or we wanted to see a 10 to 12% increase. It was our prediction. We were wrong. It's more like down 10 to 30%, depending on the sector, even greater in some areas. Uh, we even made a prediction that there would be some leaders in crypto tech. We'd see more in the metaverse and Boy, did that go the other way. I mean, and still going the other way. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'm not going to make a prediction for next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the stock fair. market. <laughs> Leave the stocks to the uh, financial <laughs> traders then. Okay. Well, then let's get into our real estate predictions because those are all the economic factors that contribute to what was going to happen in real estate here. So we started off with real estate volumes. Volumes were obviously highly accentuated in 2020, at least the second half, and then wildly in 2021, hitting all-time highs, both in Vancouver, GBRD, nationally, all hit all-time highs in sales volumes. So how did we predict 2022 would go? I predicted it was going to be slower than 2021, but to the tune of about 5% less. That was way off. Uh, we obviously saw the whole market freeze once those right hikes took hold. Mm -hmm. uh, should they not have? Whatever. That's a hypothetical. The reality is sales were down about 35%. So I missed that mark uh, quite a bit here. 
Yeah, and I also said that they'd be well above the 10-year average. Um, they're likely below that. So I think that these are a couple misses here for us. Um, yeah, I think if we had predicted, you know, 1,600% increase in rates, then maybe these predictions might have been a little different. <laughs> Just going to caveat that. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Okay. Well, this one turned out interesting. So the sales to active listings ratio, essentially how many months of inventories on the market uh, was predicted as well. Uh, we both thought it was going to remain in a seller's market for the entire year. Hmm. Now, it was for the first half of the year where it then dipped into balanced market since July. So sure, we're wrong, but let's keep in mind here, the balanced market has been 16 to 20% for the last six months, meaning it's at the high end of the balanced market. And again, that's not trying to sugarcoat things here, but it's pretty fascinating to watch how slow things are, how high rates are, how high mortgage rates are, and to still barely dip below a seller's market and maintain mm. that uh, has, has been interesting to watch and, and will be part of what we're uh, definitely watching closely next year too. I think like, you know, too, just thinking about this, if we had made a prediction that we'd be in a balanced market, I don't think we would have made a prediction that buyers would have also been like, nah, I'm not buying. Great point. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. The buyer's market that they've wanted, the non-competing scenario that they've been begging for for two years is here. And yet, of course, they decided to, to pull back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We uh, looked at pre-sales and we thought that there would be a higher absorption in pre-sales. Um, we were wrong. yeah i mean obviously sales across the board were down and 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 the pre-sale market went with it we certainly outperformed toronto big time big by i don't even know the exact numbers probably five or ten to one but uh, again hey when you're wrong you're wrong so we'll we'll take that one yeah i mean we got to think like what was toronto it was like three thousand pre-sales or something this year it was something crazy low and it was Compared to the year before, which was 14,000, something ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, Vancouver did better than that. I think so. that was Q3 numbers. Was it Q3? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, but oh, clearly incredibly, incredibly down, yeah. uh, but not nearly as, as much so here in GVRD. Okay, next one's fun too. So we made the call on five markets that would outperform GVRD. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, either, even if you're down, If you're not down as much, you're outperforming. So uh, we ultimately did seven. So let's rip through them because first one was, uh, I think the first two were yours, Ryan. Yeah, I I said that Squamish would outperform the GVRD average. And I was correct, but by the slimmest of margins, uh, 0.007%. But I'll take the win in today's environment. Um, however, I was, uh, wrong about Langley. It's down 5% compared to the G- GBRD down 1.8%. Uh, I think that's temporary. We'll see it come back, but anyhow. Yeah. I had put some love into Burnaby North. That was one of my predictions. And yes, that one ended up being true. It did outperform GVRD as a whole, again, a small amount, but, uh, it, it was above. And then my second guess there was Coquitlam. Uh, again, razor thin. It was actually slightly below, but 0.001% less than GVRD. Ooh, so oui. almost uh, <laughs> almost acted verbatim as far as where we ended up at the, at the end of the year for appreciation rates. Then we looked at Port Moody. And yes, we were right about that. Port Moody has and probably will maintain to be one of the strongest growth markets uh, in the years to come. 
Um, and while we thought Maple Ridge would carry on doing the same thing, it actually went back the other way and to some fairly large yeah, large degree. <laughs> yeah, both Maple Ridge and Mission was our last one. And, and uh, admittedly, the worst one is that one's down 15% more than GVRD. So that one's uh, severely got hammered. Likely could have, you know, looking back is easy. But yeah, that one had, it had, it was just too red hot. You know, it, yeah. it was way too hot. And of course, that didn't continue with people starting to come back to work, etc. You know, Dan, too, this, this list kind of shows, it shows some interesting points that like, when, when markets shift and you go outside of the major metropolitan area, the further you kind of get from the watering hole, the more volatile that becomes. And I think this is kind of evident, evidentiary of that, right? So um, yeah. anyhow, I, I thought uh, it, it's very interesting looking at this and, and with the lens that we've got now. Uh, with that said, let's talk about rental rates because, boy, did they soar. Yeah, this was a prediction that we absolutely nailed. Uh, I had predicted that by the end of the year, rental rates would be at an all-time high, and that is absolutely correct. Uh, they have peaked. Uh, they may be just starting to roll over now, but you know we're up double digits from the beginning of the year here. So all-time high rental rates, uh, that was, that was um, a correct guess there for sure. And two, we like to watch the luxury market quite a bit. And we saw just so much money being poured into the high end of GVRD during the, the pandemic, really. And I had estimated that during last year, or this year rather, 2022, that there'd be 125 properties sold over $7 million. Uh, Close. Didn't quite hit it, but uh, 115 Wow. 115 homes over 7 million sold this year. Uh, we are recording this on December 18th, so there's 13 days to go. Maybe a couple more will squeeze in there. Anyway, it's under, but not by much. Uh, yeah. Considering how slow things got in the last six months here, I'm actually a little bit surprised how high that number is. It's just, it's a market that almost operates independently of the rest. Yeah. I mean, there's a billion dollars worth of sales there. There's a billion yeah. dollar prediction. Yeah. Well done. Hey. <laughs> Um, prices. Yeah. (laughs) Do we have to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Obviously tough year for prices. Uh, but Hey, we made our guesses. So let's share them. GBRD. Uh, I saw a 10% gain and I saw an 11.1% gain. The reality (laughs) down about, uh, we don't have the December numbers now yet, but of course we know where they are at for the year and where they're likely going to go. We are only talking HPI here when we are making these uh, numbers, these predictions. And currently we're down about two, just over 2%. We're likely going to end up down 3% on the year. Mm. So pretty big miss there. Then we broke it down by asset class. Detached homes. Oh, I was generous at 12%. And I was less generous. I thought it was getting too expensive at nine and a half, but even that was way high. Yeah, because we're <laughs> we're ending up down two percent year over year. Damn it! <laughs> so yeah, it's. I mean, we laugh because it's it's a bit absurd, especially coming out of you know the last two years when these were fifteen percent up each uh, year over year. So yeah, it's just such a, a challenging market to predict when there's so many fundamentals that are in essence out of our control, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, who would have thought that much money would be pumped into the system? Who would have thought locking down in your home that you needed to buy a bigger one? And many, many people did, but yeah, moving on. Condominiums, the attached market. I thought they would rip another 8% this year. 
And I thought people would flock to cheaper asset classes. And while they did, they didn't to the amount that I thought was 9%. We ended up up 2%. So another that's miss. our closest. We were closest <laughs> on condos, only <laughs> off 6 and 7%. And then we looked at town. Yeah, we looked at townhomes too. Now, townhomes at this time last year were what everybody was after. Everybody yeah. was looking for them, and they were hot tamales. Uh, I remember I was in in December, mid December, in a four way multiple subject free in uh, in Lang- Langley. Right, so crazy, crazy where where we were to where we are now. Um, Dan, you predicted. 14% increase in price. And I was right there with you, man, at 15%. And we are up a whopping 1%. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a lot of humble pie on this episode for sure. <laughs> uh, I can stop there. yeah that's true this time last year crypto was unquestionably all the rage things were flying people were buying uh pixels on paper for for millions and uh we made some predictions here too yeah there was even i think the first mortgage took uh, the first digital mortgage took place as well like there was uh the first nft was traded for a home and even Ryan Serhant came out and thought that by 2025, I think he said, 50% of real estate transactions will be done through crypto. Um, but it's clearly way too volatile for that. Uh, and there's probably another decade, I think, at this rate before we see anything uh, at that level. Uh, we thought there was going to be a lot of crypto traded for real estate. That's not the case. We thought NFTs would be attached to real estate. Great idea, but way, way too soon for where the idea is to where reality is, right? And then we also said that homes will transact on the blockchain. I still think this will happen, but it's definitely not happening this year or next year. But uh, that is probably the, the technology to watch the blockchain. Yeah, the collapse of FTX is certainly going to keep the institutional money out of this for some time. Uh, this is going to need to wash out for a while and, and have a semblance of regulations, I think, before people are going to start to see these things really take hold again. But hey, at the time, it's, it, it still makes sense. You're right, Ryan. Uh, again, I think it's just uh, the technology is too in its infancy for the mass public to get to this level of, of feeling the confidence in it to apply it to things like trading tangible assets like real estate. Most people can't even don't even know what an NFT is, right? Let alone being able to attach it to real estate. So, anyhow, it's it's still ways away. That's it. That was our 2022 predictions. Some were dead on, some were dead wrong, and uh, we are excited about making uh, the predictions for all of 2023. There's a whole new world out there. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be vastly different than 2022 was. Understandably, we're starting the year at. Um, well, what do we have here? Almost 20 year high mortgage rates here. And it's going to be a different, different world, but we're excited to share our predictions of where we think things are going to go. We never miss an episode with you guys. So the next episode actually comes out on December 31st. Catch it when you can. And thanks as always for watching and listening. Have a great week. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com.
Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.